Welcome to the Learning to Thrive podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the faith skill of Sabbath and the specific practice of trust. Now, Sabbath may not be kind of the, the top of our expectations of how I grow as a Christian, but when we're talking about what it means to discover who God is, which is the environment that this practice is situated within, it can be very helpful for us to think about Sabbath in the terms of trust in God, that I can't rest in God unless I actually trust Him. So, Pastor Ryan, would you help us unpack what it means to trust God as we seek out this practice of Sabbath? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with a story from my experience. I remember uh, shortly after I'd graduated from college, I landed a job and uh, worked there for a while, and then I felt like God was asking me to do something. And it was something big. Um, And it wasn't just one thing. In fact, I had one person tell me, man, it feels like uh, this is three separate uh, steps of faith. And I responded with, I don't think it's three separate steps of faith, but rather it's all coming together into one leap of faith. And what it was basically uh, felt like God was asking me to empty my bank account, to give all that money away, and to quit my job, and to go volunteer at a church. And so it's the trifecta, right? <laughs> Clean out my bank account, quit the source of income, and then go volunteer. It's a good thing you were only a freshly minted college student. I know. <laughs> Had it been any uh, two of those things, mm-hmm. it probably would have been okay, right? But because it was all three together, what ended up happening is this was a massive exercise in trust. Mm-hmm. Do I trust God? And what I discovered through that entire process as I did follow in obedience. I did all three of those things. And the end result was fascinating to me. I discovered who God is through this process of Mm -hmm. trusting in him, Mm -hmm. putting myself in a position where, man, I needed him to come through for me in a really uh, meaningful way, in a very tangible way. And he did time and time again. I couldn't go back and show you how I made it financially um, because, you know, the money, like there was no income, but I had bills and it, it just got paid. I, I can't, to this day, I can't explain it, but I, do, I tell people, yeah. well, just my dollar was just worth more. It just went farther uh, during those days. So I can't imagine when you were going through that moment that you were thinking Sabbath. Yes. You, that you were thinking <laughs> Oh, boy, what a time of rest in God's peace and presence right now. What about that story helped you to understand that Sabbath is a way for you to understand and experience and connect with God in a different way? Yeah, so we're going to touch on this a handful of times in this episode. But fundamental to, to an understanding of trust, fundamental to an understanding of Sabbath, really fundamental to any understanding of who God is, is the the reality that it's, this is his created order. He made it all. He designed it all. He designed us to live in it, and he owns it all. He controls it all. He's in charge. And that sovereignty of God, the, the reality that, man, this is all his, and everything I have is a gift from him. I'm supposed to hold it with an open hand. I think we're going to touch on a whole bunch of faith skills yeah. and practices in this episode here today because they're all so connected to this idea that this really all belongs to God. And if it really is his created order, then I can trust him that he will provide not just for my needs, 
but to accomplish his purposes mm-hmm. in this world, in, in this created order. So in the end, yeah, maybe that story sounds more like a stewardship yeah. or, or a generosity mm-hmm. or you know, some other kind of skill, but I connect it personally to this idea of Sabbath mm-hmm. because they both at their heart have this idea that, that God reigns yeah. supreme. Yeah. So when you're talking like this, it, it sounds like when, when we think of Sabbath, I think oftentimes we think of, Ah, that's the day that I get to get rid of work, right? Yeah. But in the way that you're talking, there it sounds like there's a, a very intimate connection between work and Sabbath, work and rest. Yeah. That it's not just that's the day I get rid of one, but there's something more going on there under the surface. Yeah, John Walton talks about this a little bit in uh, one of his books, The Lost World of Adam and Eve, that day seven of creation wasn't just the day that all the work stopped. And that God now done with, you know, six days of creation. Okay, finished all my work. Now I can stop. Now I can take a break. Now God gets to be lazy and lean up back on the couch. Exactly, yeah. Um, Instead, what what Walton talks about, and I think he's he's onto something here, but on day seven, what happened is that God inhabited his creation. And so here you have six days are spent creating and designing and filling and giving purpose and function to all of creation. And then on day seven, God gets to enter that creation. Mm. And this entering of creation is God's way of, of, as Walton puts it, turning a house into a home. And so we take our time, you know, when we, I just moved into a new house recently. And um, when, when we move into a house, there's so much work that's being done, like build, you know, putting furniture in rooms and painting and, yeah. and designing and yeah. decorating and doing all these kinds of things. And then there comes a moment when I'm done unpacking and I get to just be in my house mm-hmm. and I get to just live in the house. Yeah. And that's how Walton defines the seventh day of creation, mm-hmm. the Sabbath mm-hmm. of, yeah, it's, it's not just not work. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's ever a day that isn't work. Jesus didn't talk about the Sabbath that way. Jesus never said that the, the Sabbath is devoid of any work. Mm-hmm. He did work mm-hmm. on the Sabbath, but what he did was the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. And for him, that was mm-hmm. what was important. If I'm doing the Lord's work, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to yeah. be doing, and I'm a part of God's established order, God's creation, God's rhythm yeah. for life. Yeah. Yeah, so when God finished the sixth day of creation, he uh, kind of takes this step back and looks at what he's created and says, it's very good, right? And so there may be a part of Sabbath that is not just that ceasing of work, but it's, as you said, enjoying the things that your work has created. And God really interestingly invites us into work in a in a really interesting way that we might think that I'm just a meager little human, but God looks at that meager little human and says, that's the one I want. Yeah. I need that person doing this specific task. How does that idea help us understand what God is getting at with this idea of Sabbath? Sure. So um, we had an episode on rest. And in that episode, we, you know, we learned that rest isn't laziness. So mm-hmm. it's not just, oh, now I get to <laughs> take a break or I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm free to be lazy. Rest in connection with Sabbath is, is much more robust mm-hmm. than that. And actually, as we learned, takes a little bit of work mm-hmm. <laughs> to get uh, to the point where we can rest properly. In the same way, trusting in God 
is not entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not dependence. And what I mean by dependence, I, I'm not trying to say that we're not supposed to be dependent on God. Yeah. Obviously, <clears throat> that's that's the heart of trust. Yeah. What I mean by this is it's not like, okay, I just sit back and say, well, okay, God says I shouldn't work seven days out of the week. So today I'm just not going to do any mm-hmm. work. And if that means I don't get paid today, uh, that's okay. God's going to provide. He's going to take care of it, yeah. right? So it's not this entitlement mentality that says, well, yeah, if I don't do work, God will just take care of me and provide. Or God owes me something, perhaps. Yeah, because I'm doing the Lord's work mm-hmm. by not doing my work. That's not doing the Lord's work. That's yeah. not Sabbath, right? So this is all about who God is. This is about letting that reality actually guide us mm-hmm. and, and recognizing, again, like I keep coming back to, it's all his. This is all his. This is his created order. So mm-hmm. I want to figure out what is he wanting to do mm-hmm. and what is my role in that? What role do I get mm-hmm. to play in doing the work of the kingdom mm-hmm. and, and being obedient mm-hmm. to the king? Yeah, when we think of rest kind of from our own American perspective, a lot of times we might think of, Something like, it's my day to just veg out, kind of become comatose and not do anything. But the way that you're talking about our rhythm of work and rest is really this kind of participation in what God's plan is, which gives both our work and our rest an incredible element of purpose. Yeah. That it's not just this kind of aimless wandering in my work, and Mm -hmm. it's in the same way, not just kind of this, I can just do anything I want on my days of rest. Right. A hundred percent. And what we have to realize here is that the, the purpose comes in the full understanding of what the Bible means when it says rest. Mm-hmm. So rest is maybe an unfortunate word <laughs> um, because the English word rest doesn't even come close to, to scratching the surface of the depth of what the Bible is talking about in this concept mm-hmm. of Sabbath rest. I think Walton was, was on to something when he's, he mentions this idea of God indwelling mm-hmm. his creation and enjoying it. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do here. We work and then we enjoy the fruits of our labors. We, mm-hmm. get, to, we get to spend time enjoying yeah. what it is that we've done. You know, I worked uh, super hard and my... my father and my father-in-law and my wife and mother-in-law, they all helped me build this backyard. But then there came a day when it was done mm-hmm. and I just sat out there and I just sat in the back and, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't laziness for laziness sake, yeah. but just there was a moment of, I just want to enjoy yeah. this yard yeah. that we spent mm-hmm. all this time working on, but it was for something, yeah. right? And I yeah. get to watch my kids yeah. get out there. And play. Yeah. So sometimes, though, when we think of the work that God has ordained for us, it can be kind of an overwhelming concept to, to think yeah. like, I don't know what the very next thing that God has in store for me is. How do I kind of tune my ear to what God has uh, designed for me? And it might come down in part to this idea of discovering who God is. There's a very relational element yeah. of, of what it means to learn how to trust God. Absolutely. Um, trust definitely implies relationship, mm-hmm. right? And the, the relationship is revealed through my priorities. Mm-hmm. So where I put my priorities is an indication of 
where my relationship actually yeah. sits. If I were to stand up here and start talking about all the stuff I was doing and you heard nothing about my family life or anything like that, you would confront me <laughs> after this recording and say, your priorities are out of whack. Why have you not spent time with your family? So where we work, how we work, mm-hmm. why we work, how often we work, when we stop, mm-hmm. and why we stop, all of those are revealing the priority that we're putting on, on that area of our lives. And where we put that priority is revealing the condition of our relationship with God. So are we really putting our trust in Him, that it all belongs to Him, that this is all His, that this, this is His established order, and I get to participate in that? Or is this about me saying, yeah, but I want this, and so I need to do that, or you know, I don't have this, and yeah. there's this discontent in my heart, and so I'm striving and not trusting. Yeah. And ultimately, you're able to trust in God and have that relationship because you know that God is invested in your care, right? Right. That he's not just going to send you out to pasture and say, well, good luck. But if God is asking you to do his work, he's also the one who is going to be showing his care for you. Absolutely. One of the things that we have to remember is it's not just God's care for me, but for all of his creation. So if he's asking me to do this, not only is he going to provide for me, not only is he going to care for me, but in asking me to do this, he's, he's trying to care for mm-hmm. some other element mm-hmm. of his creation too, yeah. right? So if I'm participating in what he's wanting to accomplish, of course care for me is going mm-hmm. to be included yeah. in that. Yeah, huh. that's a really good point and something that I think is, uh, is not especially evident when we think about Sabbath is that I'm not just Sabbathing for myself, but I'm exhibiting the heart of God for his entire creation. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit here. And in in my life, just want to share a quick story with you. Um, At the the birth of my first son, um, he, when my wife was pregnant, she went into preterm labor two months early. So as a first-time dad, that was a very jarring kind sure. of experience, yeah. and it was something that we had to, we just were, went in for a doctor's appointment, and then they wheelchaired her over to the hospital and huh. said, you'll be here, and you might have a child tonight, <laughs> and new parents going, <laughs> oh, man. what in the world? Yeah. So it was one of those moments where trust all of a sudden became, if you haven't built this in your life up to this point... It, it better come real quick because yeah. we had this moment of almost sheer panic and terror and, oh my goodness, are we ready for this? All the things that can go wrong and your oh, yeah. wife would know. Yeah, my wife is a NICU <laughs> nurse and she, was, she knows exactly, uh, you know, what's going on with this yeah. little baby inside wow. and all the terrible statistics and those kinds of things. But in that moment, it was one of those kind of defining moments of my life where If there was ever a moment I experienced Sabbath and God's peace, Mm. it was that moment. And it was because, I'm confident, because my wife and I had been sowing seeds of what it looked like to trust in God over the long haul. For sure. And we had never experienced anything quite like that in that moment. But all of those little steps that we had taken, I think, had prepared us for that kind of giant leap of faith, of trusting God in that moment. So my question to you then is, when we think about trust and mm-hmm. learning Sabbath and discovering who God is, 
what are the right moments for me to say, okay, I need to just take a, another little step in faith and trust in God? Yeah. And when do I know that it's time for me to take a giant leap, maybe like your story that you started us out with? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, if you're wondering uh, if the next step you need to take is a small one or a big one, uh, then a small one is, is going <laughs> to be my answer to you. Um because for sure you have to, uh, you know, God can can use big leaps yeah. and moments like that to build faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can definitely come out of seemingly nowhere and ask you to just trust me <laughs> on this one, right? But I, I feel like in my personal experience and in, in, in those I'm aware of, far more often it begins with the small things, being mm-hmm. faithful in small things. Yeah. Trusting God in small steps. My story at the beginning of the one leap, the reason I was able to call it one leap and not three big steps yeah. is because of the steps that had come before that. Mm-hmm. What God had been doing on my heart up to that point, yeah. especially concerning money and just being being in a position of trusting him yeah. to provide financially mm-hmm. for me, which is not the only way he provides. Mm-hmm. But it was during that season of my life, a really big one. Mm-hmm. And then I had an opportunity to live it out with yeah. this, this example. So... I think practically speaking, just taking that next little step of saying, okay, I'm not going to worry. Mm-hmm. I, I think worry is the, the surest indicator that there's no trust mm-hmm. or that your yeah. trust is lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to worry about this, but I'm going to trust mm-hmm. God for, for his provision and take that small little step and do those small little things you know, I heard it said one time when God asks you to do something, why do you ask your checkbook for permission, mm-hmm. right? And, it's, and for sure, it's yeah. this idea of, okay, God, I feel like God's speaking to me and he's asking me to do something. Mm-hmm. Can I just trust him here? Mm-hmm. This is why another reason I think that this comes into the discover who God is mm-hmm. environment is because we need to know it's God speaking to us, mm-hmm. right? We need to recognize yeah. his voice. Mm-hmm. And the more we do this, the better we get at trusting in the little things, the better we get at identifying his voice. Mm-hmm. And the, the more we can see his faithfulness and see that he's, he's going to be reliable yeah. in these sorts of ways. Yeah. yeah. So one last question for me. If, if worry is kind of this one thing that can kind of reveal maybe a lack of trust, how do I start, when I start feeling those elements of worry creep into my life or anxiety, whatever it may be, uh, how do I start to turn from worry into trust uh experience Mm. experience with the faithfulness of god which Mm. means you're gonna have to trust him Mm -hmm. and take those steps god's word is is crystal clear on this that he's faithful and even when we're faithless Mm. he's faithful he can't disown himself he cannot be unfaithful so if he's asking you to do something and you do it he will be faithful Mm. only after experiencing that can you then lean on it the next time? So if you're starting to worry about something, then you're going to have to put yourself in a position to trust God. We see this happen time and time again in the biblical example. Think about um, all of your favorite Bible stories ever. (laughs) Every single one of them. David and Goliath, Daniel and the lion's den, Elijah and the fire from heaven, right? All of those uh, individuals put themselves in positions where if God didn't come through for them, mm-hmm. they were in real trouble, mm-hmm. like life and death trouble. Yeah. You know, if God doesn't send an angel to shut the mouths of those lions, <laughs> Daniel isn't going to make it through the night. Mm-hmm. And yet they put themselves in positions 
where they were being obedient to God. They were doing the Lord's work. They were saying, it doesn't matter what my priorities were. These are God's priorities, and I'm going to live that out. And this is the work I'm going to do. And when they did that, and they put themselves in that position, and then they ended up in compromising situations, God proved himself faithful Mm -hmm. every single Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. In those situations, I think it might also be of benefit to mark those moments down to so that it's something that we, the next time I experience worry, yeah. I can look back and say, what has God done in my life? Where has he been yeah. faithful? And how can his faithfulness to me in the past help me to experience his rest in this situation here? A great now? exercise I've heard a lot of people do is in their journal, uh, just write down prayer requests. This is when mm-hmm. I ask God for this, or this yeah. is when I... Uh, you know, maybe didn't work that extra day or that extra side project or something. And this is the amount of money that I gave up by not doing it. But then you go back in that journal and write down the answer to the prayer. So on this day, God provided. And and doing that will help you to remember those moments in the past in the future when you're starting to worry again. Yeah, certainly. Well, I I think what you've illuminated for me is how... Uh, intimately tied to the ideas of Sabbath and God's faithfulness really are. That if I know how to trust and rely upon God's faithfulness, he will come through for me. It might not always look exactly like I think it should look. Yeah, but that's the relationship, right? And the relational side yeah. of this is is trusting God and working with him and, and participating mm-hmm. with him in all of this. And, and that just comes back down to the experience. Yeah. You know, do I have this kind of experience? Have I put myself in positions where I need to trust him? Mm-hmm. And and then when I'm in those situations, what do I do with that? Yeah. Do I actually live my yeah. life trusting him? Yeah, certainly. Eugene Peterson has a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And I really think that's kind of the heart of Christian discipleship and spiritual yeah. formation is that there, there are some things that just come with experience over that life with God for the long haul. And when in one moment I don't know how to trust God because I haven't experienced that with him before, the next time I don't have that same excuse. The next time I have a new way of trusting in God because I have discovered who he is Mm -hmm. in a more meaningful way. Well, thank you, Pastor Ryan, for your insightful comments about what it means to trust in God and to rely upon him and how that helps us to experience true biblical Sabbath. So thank you. We pray for you that you experience God's rest, God's trust, and ability to uh, live in Sabbath with him. Blessings, and we'll see you next time.